Hey Print Hustlers, Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. Welcome to another episode of the Print Hustlers podcast. We are here today with our co-host Stephen Farrad, co-owner of Campus Inc. What's up? And uh, we've got a very special guest though with us today, Brett Bowden, owner, founder, president, and all the above of Print and Threads. It's, it's just a real honor to be here with you, Bruce. I've seen you in all of the videos and sometimes at trade shows and I'm a little too shy to come up and say hi to you, but it's really, it really feels good to be able to, to be here talking with you right now. Thank you, Brett. So uh, we actually wanted to have Brett on the show. Last episode, we were talking about the book Traction. Hopefully you guys picked it up. I'm considering it our, our book, our annual book club. Last year's Profit First, this one's Traction by Gina Wickman. One of the biggest chapters that we've been talking about is Right People, Right Seats. And we'll get a little bit more into that, but Brett, could you give just a brief background of your shop, who you are, and um, just people who haven't heard of you and or, or Printed Threads? I own a company called Printed Threads. We were founded in 2010, and we started the company and my family's garage. Preceding Printed Threads, I, I played music for a while and was in some bands and toured and, and uh, decided to quit doing that. Went back to school. Uh, got a degree in music uh, while I was in, in school. I was working as a cable guy to kind of pay the bills. I uh, met my wife while I was at school at CU, and so we got married. We had a kid, and so it was like, oh, wow, I have to be like have a real job now because that's what you have to do when you have a kid, I've heard. And so, uh, you know, I just kind of tried to work my way up at the cable company into management and was just like pretty miserable. So at some point I came home said to Sarah, like, hey, uh, I have this crazy idea. I used to screen print t-shirts with one of my buddies back in the day. I think we could put a press in our garage to see what happens. And uh, so we did, and six months later, we moved out of our garage into uh, a building, and uh, it's grown ever since. So that was 2010 when we started the company. Uh, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary, actually, in April, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we grew the company pretty quick in the beginning. Like, I think the first five years we doubled in size every year um so uh, we, we were doing i think fifth year we were in like uh over two million on like ink magazines fastest growing companies lists and all that stuff which was fun and exciting but like super exhausting and hard at the same time mm -hmm. uh, so i actually took a, a a brief hiatus from the company for about a year and a half got an RV, like put my family in it. We drove around America for a year and a half. Um, I would come home and check on the business like once a month. That was an uh, interesting time. It was really fun and a great experience with my family and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But in that almost lost my company <laughs> because some crazy stuff happened. We had an employee issue. I got sued for a million dollars. The uh, company started like failing because we were spending money where we shouldn't. So we we're spending too much money, not making enough money. And then I kind of had to come back and like be like, Oh crap! We got to get out of this giant hole that uh, was created um, by me being gone. And so since then, we've kind of had to, uh, you know, resuscitate the business, and we're growing again, and and things are going pretty well. So when did you take your RV trip? Just for I believe we bought the RV in March of 2015, and we sold it. Uh, gosh, when when did we sell it? I don't know. So it was like a two, we owned it for like two years, uh, basically. Wow. So, um, 
Man, it was a crazy experience. I know so much about RVs now. Uh, so if anybody is ever traveling in an RV and you get into, you know, Breckenridge, Colorado, and it's negative seven degrees and all your pipes freeze, call me. I've got great solutions. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> you nice. took a leave, and which this is a perfect segue because this is what we're talking about as management continuing off the last episode was there any management when you left or is it just like hey guys i'm gonna be gone i'll sort of be back and don't let the place have yeah on fire of course we had some structure and management in place it probably wasn't the perfect people to be to to be really running it while i was gone because i think that they're you know i probably hadn't trained them uh, to be as capable as uh, i probably should have we had a production manager and we had an office manager and they kind of ran the show. Probably a year into me being gone is when it was like, man, I should really hire uh, someone to be over operations. So towards the end of me being gone, we hired uh, a VP of operations and he kind of came in and, and started trying to, to, to wrangle things. To your uh, question on LinkedIn or something a couple of weeks ago of like, can you leave your shop for a day? You know, that's that's really important, uh, being able to have someone that can at least be in charge for a couple of days because you're going to get sick or something's going to happen that's important in your family. A couple of years ago, on my way home from Long Beach, I got appendicitis. And so, like, oh, I wow. like, got home and I had, like, a really bad stomach ache. My wife just assumed I was, like, sick from traveling or whatever. <laughs> and then I, like, threw up in the middle of the night and she was like, I'm out of here. She thought I had the, you know, stomach bug or something. And the next day I was told her, I was like, I'm in so much pain, like I could cry, you know, and she just told me to tough it out. Turns out I had appendicitis that went to the doctor. It was like nine o'clock at night and I was like, can we please go to urgent care? So we went to urgent care. The guy looks at me, he's like, just go to the ER. You have appendicitis. So went to the ER. But, you know, in that time, like they had to remove my appendix. You know, you're, you're pretty much out of commission for at least a few days. So I had to take the week off. Uh, you know, kind of recovering, you don't know when that kind of stuff is going to happen. You don't know when you're going to be in a wreck, you're going to break an arm, whatever uh, could possibly happen that happens to people every single day. What happens when that happens? If you're not there, can your company run? That's a pretty important thing to make sure you have in place. Insurance, really. You as an owner eventually decided, like, I'm going to step away. And for you, it was like, I'm going to step away and travel for a year. What went through your head of, like, did you get to a certain point where you're like, I'm drowning in this business as an owner and I need to get away? Or if I don't get away, I'm going to drown? Or, like, what was your thought process there? Because I feel like, you know, if, if a lot of people that are listening to this, like, most shop owners are there on the ground floor every single day, um, and I'm sure you were there at a certain point and then something happened. Like, could you shed some light there? Looking back on it, I think I was experiencing a pretty high level of burnout from from growing so quickly. Um, growing quickly, you know, when I started this business, I was 29 years old, and uh, or 28 years old, and I didn't know anything about running a business, really. I just knew kind of like the basic principle of I'm, I'm gonna buy something, I'm gonna sell it for more than I buy it, you know? But I didn't understand like real business principles, and and somewhere down the road, you know, at least I did start going to a business coach that kind of helped with like, you know, creating vision and values and all that stuff. But and, and so that helped really build the foundation for the business, and and really helped with our management team to be able to understand, okay, this is where we're going. But like, when you're growing so fast, you end up working, you know, 16-hour days, 20-hour days on a regular basis, and. And a lot of people, when they say, like, I want to start a company, 
one of the reasons they want to start a company or, or, or work for themselves is so they have more freedom, right? Like, I want to have more freedom so that I can do my son's t-ball game or, or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and so you create that freedom for yourself. The problem is, like, yeah, you can go to your son's t-ball game, but you're probably going to be at work at 2 in the morning catching up from that, right? And I was just sick of that. We had a big house, and then we had, like, our kids running around. And so, like, on my weekends, I was cleaning the house. I was mowing the yard. You know, I was I was trying to make it to the kids' games and, and all that stuff. And at some point, I was like, what are we doing all this for? Like, it, having a big house and, and doing all this yard work and all this stuff, it just doesn't make any sense to me anymore. I just kind of want to hang out with my family when I'm not at work. And at some point, I was like, you know what we could do is just totally joking. Joking to my wife was like, what if we bought an RV and, like, we were all together and we just went on a trip, you know? And uh, that was a joke. And it turned into like her being like, yeah, let's do it. And I, I like a challenge personally. I'm, I'm the type of person that if you say I can't do something, I'm going to be like, ha -ha, watch this. And, and a lot of times I'll fail epically. But in this one time, you know, my wife says, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So we started going to RV shows and all that stuff. And I think what I didn't realize that I needed was to get away from the business so that I could stop being so basically drowning in that everyday mundane stuff like kind of stop being the firefighter and start being the visionary if you're here in the thick of things it's really easy for someone to grab you over five minutes and say hey i can't make this print look good or hey like you know what do i do with this client situation or hey like i, I need help with artwork or whatever you, you you can be the the savior for everyone there but if you step out and look at like hey you guys can stand on your own if if you try a little harder and start building structure for everybody. Like you can't do that if you're inside your business every day. So I think stepping away from it allowed me to realize a lot of that. And um, while it the business did suffer because I was gone too long, it gave me a new inspiration to come back and like kick ass. Interesting. That's super super cool. So it's like you. I mean, that's a very big extreme, and I I don't know if everyone would take that, but like that eye opening thing. Do you think there's a certain point where like you know, is there ever a business that's too small to start stepping away or like, do you know, cause like shop owners will be like, Hey, you know, once I get one auto, then I'll start putting people in management positions. Like, do you think there's an actual threshold? Do you think it's like, you know, like, is it measurable? Uh, probably. I, I, I think about, um, I've got a friend that's a professional drummer and so he's played in a lot of huge bands or he plays in the studio and does all that stuff. But if he breaks an arm, he's, What's he going to do? You know, you can't play drums with a broken arm. So, like, you're in rehab for three months or however long it takes for an arm to heal without getting a paycheck, you know. So those are things that you definitely have to think about. Like, if I – how can my business run if I, if I get the flu or whatever it is? And so, obviously, if you're what we call, like, an owner-operator, you're, you're the only person inside your business. You can't step away. Um, I think, you know, as your business grows, like – the, the goal would be to have someone that's over each department. So you have, maybe you're a really small shop, you're doing a couple hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that. You're At that point, you still probably have an art guy, a press guy, and a customer service person or something. And, and those people all are going to wear a lot of hats. But in that, like, you should be able to, to be gone for a day and those, those three people can, like, maintain everything for you. And, you know, just try to create a company that like you're not only customers but your employees are a fan of uh, because if your employees are a fan of the company they're not going to let it sink because they don't want to go back and work at firehouse subs or whatever you know 
Yeah. How did you find that, that business coach? It was kind of serendipitous for me. My brother, uh, I have a brother that's about seven years older than me, and, and uh, he's been really successful in business. And he just approached me one day and said, hey, I've got a buddy that does this. You, you should have lunch with him. And so I went and had lunch with him. It's funny. Having lunch with this guy, he says to me, you know, does this phrase resonate with you? It's, it's really lonely at the top. Yeah, that resonates with me, kind of like that. You know, no one knows what's going through the business owner's head except for a business owner and, and maybe his significant other or her significant other. And uh, like, but like, there's all these things shooting through my head. There's things that I feel like, you know, I can't talk to my employees about or I can't talk to certain people about or if I talk to one of my friends that doesn't own a business, he has no idea what I'm talking about. And so he, he said that to me and I was like, man, yeah, like I want to talk to more people like me. That would be, you know, that's like, group therapy almost, you know, sure. to find out that someone has the same struggles that I do, that that's that's super helpful. It was easy for me uh, in that way where my brother just kind of connected me to something that I didn't realize that I needed. But there's certainly a lot of those groups out there. There are entrepreneurs organizations, uh, or, which is EO. There's the Young Entrepreneurs Council. Uh, certainly there's Vistage. And, the, you know, the price range jumps all over the place. You might be paying a few hundred dollars a month or you might be paying, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month for these groups just to level but, did you uh, work with yeah. them then longer term or because you mentioned you met them and they really helped kind of set things straight so i mean that part seems pretty pivotal in, in how you were thinking about printed threads am i right or, or or did it kind of just more confirm what you knew internally and help push you forward I think it helped us create a lot of structure because if you look at some big organizations and you see that they have core values or they have a mission statement, they have all these things, it's like, why do they have that stuff? You know, like if you really get down to the reality of it, like the the values and the vision statement of the business develop the culture and it, it becomes rules for your business. Like when I was asked those questions by a business coach and I didn't have a good answer, he's like, well, you better develop them. Maybe I didn't even realize what we were developing, but a mm -hmm. vision statement says like, hey, all 30 people that work at Printed Threads, we're going to the same place, right? You know, and if <laughs> if there's no vision, then they don't know where they're going and then why, why would they care where they're going? They're gonna go in another direction. I mean, then the values were, you know, they're kind of the laws of our company, right? So it's really easy for us to say like, hey, if this person isn't living up to these core values, maybe they don't, want to work here or maybe they shouldn't work here and um, if we kind of deliver those values to a potential employee before they come on board they might say like oh this is the perfect place for me or it's not a good place for me so being able to kind of develop those things I think was definitely pivotal in, in us growing because without that foundation we'd have nothing to grow on just from like stalking printed threads on Instagram it's it's like we can tell that it's a cool place to work culture's great you know, whether like I think you guys have a stage there and there's like music and all those different things. Can you talk a little bit about because we've met a lot of your employees at trade shows and like you guys are like a family, but you still are running a pretty huge company. So like how did you once start that and how do you maintain that that culture, that atmosphere so that it's not just like coming to work every day and, and, and reclaiming screens. I think we have to identify the fact that it, it is a job and it's work and work sucks. You know, I've, I've told my my team a million times, like pick the place that sucks the least to work at, you know, because there is that element. I think being a business owner that is can relate and empathize with everyone else that works here and say like, hey, I know what it's like to clean screens. I know what it's like to print all day. I know, you know, I can do, I've done all these things and I can help you. Being able to have that empathy for the team and this, 
that works here helps. I think we try our best to to employ people that we enjoy being around. I made the firehouse subs joke earlier, but like I remember going into firehouse subs one day and ordering my sub and I was just like, man, these people hate working here, you know? And you remember having jobs like that. Maybe mm-hmm. sometimes where you, your own business you hate, so, you know, I do sometimes, but the, uh, but you, you remember going into that job and you're just like, I, the last thing I want to do is go spend eight hours with these other people that I don't really like, you know? So, so hiring people that fit the culture, everybody hangs out, you know, like at lunchtime, like, you know, as soon as our lunch breaks at 11 a.m., as soon as 11 a.m. hits, you see like 20 people walk out and go to lunch at the same place together, you know, and that's really special, like, because those people, when they like working with each other, they're going to help each other out, you know, and when they're helping each other out, they're getting more done, and and that's just a, that's a great thing. I don't know exactly, like, the perfect recipe for, for creating that, but I think it really, it does start with you know, the owner. And I think the owner just smiling and being a nice person here and there <laughs> helps out a lot. Of course, like I, I can be a tyrant too, you know, like someone said to me yesterday, Hey, like we got X amount of checks in the, in the mail. That's great. Right. And I was like, I mean, but we spend this much a day and, and my guys was like, you're such a killjoy. And I'm like, well, I just want everybody to be on the same page, you know, but so, <laughs> so there is that. But in, in our business, you know, I have a very, like, work hard, play hard mentality. I want us to work and, and, and do that grind. But when we're done, I want to celebrate together. And, and I think what a lot of companies really miss is they don't struggle together and then celebrate together. So if you do everything together, then, like, it kind of creates that camaraderie. That makes sense. Did you have to filter out some of the bad apples to get that vibe, though? Because you mentioned, especially when you were gone, there was a couple you know, instances of people that didn't fit right. There's a phrase, maybe you've heard hire slow, fire fast. Well, you know, it's uncomfortable to say like, we need to get rid of that person because they're not a good fit. Right. Um, but the reality, uh, I think what we have to think of is, you know what, like if they're not a good fit, they're probably not happy here anyway. And they're going to go find a place that is a better fit for them. Sure. So, uh, and kind of realizing that like, if, if, we have to get rid of a person. Um, we're just inviting them to the next opportunity in their life. It's helpful to think about it that way. So there have been some people that weren't a good fit that we've asked to move on. Um, but culture, culture also weeds out people. You know, if you think about, uh, I have this friend that is like super into lawn care. <laughs> like he loves mowing his lawn. I think he mows his lawn like three times a week. Uh, he's crazy. But he so, but the he doesn't use weed killer on his lawn, right? He doesn't go buy the Scott's, you know, weed and feed stuff and spray it all over his lawn. He's super organic. And the idea is that when you really care for your grass, it chokes out the weeds, right? Mm. So you have this thriving grass and the grass is growing together. And then there's no room for weeds to grow now because you have this nice, thick, rich lawn. He does. I don't, uh, but that's, in that use that same mentality in your business and you've got this great culture and you've got all these people that love working with each other when someone doesn't fit they're going to know that they don't fit and they're probably going to be like you know what this isn't a good place for me i'm out and uh you the best thing you can do for those people is what i what i say is uh like crack the door open you know say hey man like i noticed like it doesn't seem like you're having a great time here and i just want you to know like it's okay like, if you decide this isn't the best place for you to work, it's okay. You know, and then they might come in the next day and be like, 
hey, I thought about what you said, and and uh, I decided to move on. You know, and then you don't have to fire them; they just leave on their own. Yeah, we we always like to say like people will fire themselves like by asking the right questions and and, and doing that. So like in in your business now, I know you have like a VP of operations. Do you have like a, a head of people, like the culture person or the hype person, or is that you? Do you feel like you're the like you you know that that's you every day, or like have you started to create structure around culture, which sounds a little weird, but like at a certain point, kind of important. Yeah, so we've got a guy named Seth. Uh, you guys have met. He's our first employee, and he's been one of my best friends for 20-plus years. We played in rock bands and toured, toured the world together and stuff. And so he's a pretty great ambassador of, like, our company. You know, when you start talking about company culture, when you, when you think about culture in general, the people that know the most about you are, are they're part of your tribe, right? So, like... The people that you've been friends with for 20 years, this reason that you're still friends is because you you value a lot of the same things, you have a lot of the same ethics. So having someone like that around you, like he's going to know like what you think is appropriate and what you know you're you're going to be excited about because I can't be the only one that's like leading the culture. Um, and I need someone here that's kind of given those positive vibes and the high fives and stuff like that. Because I'm not always super good. Like, I'm actually really bad uh, at affirmation. I really struggle with it. Uh, I, and it's just part of my personality type. And so that's something I've tried to really work on is, is saying good job or like, hey, man, you know, uh, giving the high five and, and all that stuff. Um, and he's really good at it. Um, so <laughs> having someone around you that can be that person to be like, They'll be like, man, why is Brett so pissed off? They're like, he's not pissed off. He's just thinking really hard. You know, like be, be the kind of mediator between everybody. Yeah. He's the dude. And he, I mean, he does all of our marketing stuff. And I think marketing is really important, not only outward to your customers, but inward to your company. When you said that inward marketing, like, you know, he's highlighting employees, he's keeping them on the gram, like they just feel like they're part of the culture or he kind of just like does it naturally. Like what's his MO? Like he just, whatever feels right or... Some of it's natural. Some of it is is uh, you know structured. There's some structure to it. So we have uh, for a long time, like I wanted to do like an employee of the week thing, and so we I went to like a trophy shop down the street. I got a trophy. It's like what is the biggest trophy you guys have in stock or whatever? You know, it's like this trophy with a tennis player on the top, and so we called it the Andre Agassi Employee of the Week trophy. And so we give that out. Whoever got the employee of the week that week gets a $10 gift card to their favorite restaurant. So, like, literally when we hire people, we ask them, what's your favorite restaurant or what's your, you know, so that we can, uh, whenever they get an award, we can highlight them in that way. And then uh, we actually just recently changed it to the, uh, an employee of the month thing. So now we have an employee of the month uh, for the foreseeable future that don't get uh, a day off, a day off of their choice. Um, so we do some things like that. Once a month, we have what we call family lunch. And so we will go to one of the restaurants that we work with. Maybe we, you know, someone that we might make their uniforms and we'll take our employees out and buy them all lunch at that restaurant and they can kind of see the work that they do out in the, in the you know, field or whatever. And I think that's a really cool experience too because they're like, oh, I made that thing that that, that person's wearing and, and then they get to eat good food and we all get to be together for a couple of and spend time with each other. That's a really great idea. I know, Stephen, you talked about even taking somebody out to lunch every day 
or just grabbing someone in to, to chit chat a little bit. And I know I've been starting to work on that as well. Because thinking about the affirmation or, or just making sure that I'm doing it is definitely you have to be actively doing it or else you kind of get in your own flow from day to day. But how did you find your, your VP of Ops? So you talked about hiring Ryan towards the end of your hiatus. How did you find him? And then what is their salary so that other shops who are looking to hire? <laughs> I said range. I knew I said that was range. coming. I, I mean, I'm thinking, so, so what I'm curious is because most shops don't think like this, right? So this is an area that I feel like, you know, you, so many shop owners are so stuck every day to day to day because there isn't that person that subs in. So I don't know, maybe yeah. they can help start budgeting for it or planning for it. I just have this like huge network of friends. Like I'm a very, like I, I'm a very loyal person and my, the friends that I have had in high school are, a lot of them are still my very close friends today. And, and I've just found that to be very important to me personally. It exhausts some people, you know, like my wife, it really enjoys her uh, quiet time at home. And I'm always like, come on, let's go to wherever. And she's sure. like, oh, no, too many people, you know. And so I've always had this like big network. And, and so that's really helped me with a lot of things. You know, when our social media started looking good, it's because one of my best friends is a professional photographer, you know, and he does, that's what he does. And so I was able to pull from those people. But uh, Ryan has uh, been a friend of mine for probably 20 years, and he was working a job uh, doing uh, leading an app development team, and he was just kind of looking for something different, and we had talked a couple times, and I was like, man, I could really use someone that is just in charge of our operations, like someone that is in charge of, of, of the people and the planning and the structure, and you're like uh, someone that's into that. He's got a bachelor's degree in mathematics, and so, so he's been really helpful like when it comes to pricing or formulas for different things. He's been super helpful with, with all that stuff. And so just finding someone that has more of like a technical mind, like a, a mathematical mind um, to kind of come in and, and work on those those problems. Because I'm a pretty like high level uh, thinker and in a way, I'm not saying that I'm like smart. I'm saying that I think about things that are like, a, a thousand feet away from what anybody else is thinking of. When you talk about like, like a visionary or something, like I'm thinking about all these things, but who's going to carry that vision? You know, so we need an activator. So I can I can come in with the idea and the vision, and then I need someone to to step up to the plate and say, okay, I'm going to activate this. I'm going to make this happen, and these are the steps to make it happen. You know, and so that's what the operations manager idea was. He came in, he started writing. Uh, processes for things okay like in the screen department like how many screens can we reclaim an hour okay it's that many so that means we should be able to get this many done a day this is how many we make a day this is how many people should be working on that project you know and, and just kind of making all that stuff happen so that now that we know hey this is what should be happening if it's not happening it's a problem you know the, those types of things uh, sure. things that you think about when you're the only one making you know printing and reclaiming screens and all that stuff right you've literally said almost everything in this book about the integrator, about the right people, um, about the structure. Um, he was just screwing with us. He has read it. He was yeah, so before the interview. Be like, he's, we, yeah, we just want to, like, this is his godlike stature right now. Like, he just knows what, what the people need. Yeah, for you guys who didn't know, before this interview, we asked Brett if he read the Traction book. He says, no, I've never even seen it. But all of the things that he's doing at the company is literally things that if you go through the book and you'll see a Printhouse Wisconsin uh, is in this book. So 
But wait, you didn't answer the, the kind of range. I mean, or how, here, how about this? If I just say maybe 60 to 90, am I low or am I high? Or like um, if somebody wanted to hire for this role, for someone who's competent to really be able to take off the work off of your plate, I mean, is that ish a range or do I got to go 90 to 130 or 130 to 190? You know, no, there's not a lot of people in our industry that make a whole lot of money. Right. Uh -huh. And so I think that you need to consider that there's there's very few people in our industry that are like making, you know, 100K plus uh, even a, even even as shop owners um, there. They are out there. They're smart business people. I would say that whenever you hire a person to uh, kind of run at that level, that person's probably going to make as much as the owner does. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I don't like to say a range is because like our size of shop and our cost structure is going to be a whole lot different than anybody else's. Sure. But I will say if you're looking for someone to replace you, you better pay them what you make, you know, and sometimes so, more that's than a you really make. good way to put it. That's a really, really good, really, really good way to put it. I think someone yesterday, cause I'm, I'm like, Brett, I feel like I'm, I'm at 2015. I haven't, I haven't gotten in my RV yet per se. <laughs> um, but I was just talking to someone yesterday, like a mentor of mine, and he's like, how much would you pay to know that production was just running perfectly? And I was like, I just started throwing out numbers, but that like peace of mind there is like, yeah, I basically replaced replace myself, which is insane. But that's how you can get your business to the next level. So my final question, Brett, is like, for shop owners that, you know, maybe they're not, you know, four or five autos yet, maybe they've just got an auto and a team of seven, eight, nine, as the shop owner, what do they need to do in the next 90 days to 180 days, you, you know, uh, with their people? Like, what, what would you say is like, if you're at this spot right now and you're feeling like you're burnt out, this is what you need to do? This is hard to say because no one has time, right? But I would take a day off or I would take a Saturday with, with maybe not all your employees, but your key people and say, what are we doing? Like, what is special about what we're doing? What is important? Why do you want to come to work here? Uh, ask all those questions and then write down like a vision. Like, okay, if we're doing these things and these are the things that we are doing well, how can we do them better? Or how can we affect more people? Maybe like, maybe the most important thing to you is, is finding a cure for child cancer, right? And so you're saying like, you know what? The most important for our thing for our company is to figure out how we can donate $50,000 this year to St. Jude. And then you guys are all working on a goal together, right? At the, You know how proud you're going to be when you write that check at the end of the year with your team and say, hey, we did this. We made a difference for somebody, you know, and, and make it emotional. As a business owner, you feel so many crazy emotions, right? You're stressed out. You're tired. You're exhausted. Sometimes, like, you just want to sit in your room and cry, right? Like, or sometimes you're so excited you had the best sales day ever and like you want to celebrate, you know, and, and take those moments, be real, be real with your team, let them be real with you. Um, celebrate those amazing things, you know, and then let them know when things are hard. I think being candid and uh, creating clarity for everybody is really important. Like, hey, we're like, I've just had a meeting with my team, like really, really hard sales month unexpectedly because we've had a lot of great oh like i'm gonna be stressed out right if you see me walking around stressed out that's why right mm -hmm. but what can we do what kind of what kind of ideas can we create together as a team to to 
move past this, you know? And people start coming up with ideas. They say, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want this place to exist. This is how I can help out. When you stop, you take a break, you go sit down with your people, get them around the table, talk about what's important, what makes this place special. They start thinking about that stuff. You write it down, you create a vision for what you're going to do in the future. And then when you have one of those hard months, everybody says, no, no, we're not straying from the path of that vision that we set out. We're going to donate that money to St. Jude this year. This is what I'm going to do to step up and bring my idea so that we get past this month and we kick ass the rest of the year. Heck yeah. Awesome. Motivational Brett. I'm motivated. Gotta, yeah. yeah, I got to get to work. Like, <laughs> actually, I need to I need to I need to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's great, Brett. I really appreciate your time chatting about this and um, just being transparent about it, too. I, I think that's so important is, is so many people go through those ups and downs, but we don't necessarily get into the weeds of it. You know, and everything looks kind of green and rosy on, on social and, and everything like that. So that's been incredible. So thank you, guys. I really appreciate uh, you joining us today, Brett. This is Print House for the yeah. Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. See ya. See ya.